Combat Time. Welcome to Combat Time, where three friends talk about everything and everything Mortal Kombat related. And today, I am joined by Josh. Hello, hello. And Yassine. What legends? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Remember? And, yeah, yeah, I do. I do remember. It took me, it took me a second. <laughs> Everybody says, let's dance or whatever. I'm just, oh, Those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. Asshole. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> and from the and from those and from those comments, today we are doing another character spotlight um on what I consider to be the one of the, the greatest character in all of Mortal Kombat. My favorite character, Jonathan Carlton, aka Johnny Cage. Yeah. And one of the original members of Mortal Kombat, and of course, as I always said, my personal favorite character. We like to do these character spotlights occasionally. We did one um, a couple of episodes back with Liu Kang, and today we are doing Johnny Cage, and we're going to talk everything about him. Um, the characters that, or the, or the actual actors that have portrayed him in various media, the actual character itself, his character development and progression, and so on and so forth. So, with that, how, um, how are Yasin and Josh? How are you two doing today? Man, I'm tired. You're uh-huh. tired. Yeah, but I'm good. Mm-hmm. Tired, damn. Josh, I'm cold. You're cold. Yeah, because I'm I'm up in the mountains, and it seems like it's a good five degrees colder than where you are. Uh, yeah, it's fucking miserable. In case people are noticing the trend, every time we're asked how we're doing, and we just talk about either how we're cold or tired. We're just old, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what you do when you hear old people talk. Like, I, I've been, like, you know, when I was a little younger, maybe maybe mid-late 20s, mm-hmm. I, I, I worked at a different place than I was now, and I, I'd go catch lunch at, like, uh, the local Wendy's or whatever. Well, the last time yeah. I fucking walked inside a fast food joint uh, post-COVID, but, you know, back then, you know, I was sitting there, and I listen to the old people talk, and all they do... Let's talk about the weather. Like, literally, I heard an exchange that was like, what you think about that rain? Yep, sure is wet, ain't it? And I'm like, that's that's some deep conversation, but that's what we do. That's what we're talking about right now. So, yeah. I know, before before we hit record, we were talking about how, like, it felt cold for Josh, but then, for me, it was, like, perfect weather. Yeah. Man. I do, like I said, a good five-degree difference, by the way. Well, Josh Josh is always weak to the cold while well, Yasin and I thrive mm-hmm. in it. So there Wait, is that d- dynamic. Does Yasin thrive in it? Is that are you okay with the cold you see? I, I prefer the cold I prefer the cold much more than the heat. I I hate the heat. Really? I'm the only one that oh, yeah. is okay with heat. Interesting. Among us, yeah. Huh. Yes. Among us. Among us three, Josh, you are the only one. Huh. It's the only thing that I agree with with Jay on. That's the like literally <laughs> the only, only thing. thing. That's the only thing. <laughs> The only thing. Well, no, we both agree that Kung Lao's a cool character, right? We can agree on that. Jay agrees on that. Do you agree on that? I do, actually. I, I love, I love, I love beating his ass in Mortal Kombat when you play him. But I don't deny that he's a that you know that he's a he's a great character. I think the only things that we, I think the only things we agree on is that we like cold weather. Your name is a great movie. 
I don't yeah. agree on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of another one. Yeah, we both we, like we both like the Fast and the Furious movies. Well, so does Josh. We all three like them. We both like we both agree that Mortal Kombat '95 is the greatest story ever told. Well, Josh thinks that too. You're, you're not. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're everyone agrees that. <laughs> I, I saw a post on uh, on Reddit uh, today. <laughs> That says which which is your favorite MK movie, and they listed all three, and it's like, is that even a question? How is that a question? That's not a question. Everyone loves ninety five. Like, no pick, one likes who's the other two. Pick... And even if any of you like Annihilation, you're still not going to say it's better than ninety five. I mean, there are people who who I, I mean, I kind of like Twenty One for what it is. I like parts of and it. There's people, I like there's people who actually like it a lot. I don't think anybody likes it more than. I mean, 95. depending on what the day, I, I might actually like it a lot, but it's still not going to be better than 95. And not because of nostalgia, just because 95 is a legit better movie, but, you know. It's much better characters much better. and acting and action. And, yeah. We got to watch that again soon. You know, if, yeah, we haven't we haven't watched it since 21 came out, I think. Oh, sh- right? shit. Yeah, we skipped here. We need to fucking fill that gap. And, you know. So we need to watch we, it twice this year. What better? I'm okay with that. And, of course, like, we'll what always legend. just, you know, as we're watching it, you know, considering that we're talking about Johnny Cage this episode, we'll, mm-hmm. of course, always praise, you know, the great portrayal of Johnny Cage <laughs> by Lennon Ash. Not yet. But first, originally, you know, just to kind of kick this episode off, um, Johnny Cage was originally played by one Daniel Piscina, who I had the pleasure of meeting um, at yes, Dragon sir. Con. Personal yes, friend. Yes, I, yeah, yeah. Yes, Personal yes. friend like, of the show. Does he even know? Yeah, Daniel Pacina Daniel and I are such personal friends that, you know, he happens to be a Godzilla fan. I showed him my Godzilla art, and he liked me on Instagram. So, obviously, we're best buds. Yeah, like, obviously. obviously. We're going out for brewskis later. All that fun stuff. Um, but Daniel Pacina, um, there would basically be no Johnny Cage, at least his look as it is, without, like, basically without Daniel Pacina contributing to it. So, I think it's not a bad place to start with him since he since daniel piscina has played a number of mk characters originally from the game but johnny cage i would argue is his most notable one in my opinion because you actually get to see more of him in the actual character sprite as opposed to sub-zero and scorpion where his face was covered up but on that note um he does have a friend daniel piscina does have a friendship with john tobias they were friends they got to know each other pretty pretty well and Outside of that, Josh, uh, you actually huh? did some research into this. So, what can you tell us about you know the fun times of Daniel Pacina portraying Johnny Cage? Oh, geez, I didn't know you were going to turn the spotlight on me so soon. Uh, Even though it says it in the script, that's true. It does say it in the script. It's, do I say my name in the script? <laughs> no, <laughs> Josh no. explains the fun times of the inception of. Did I say Josh yeah. explains? I don't see that. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Uh, I mean, you even said Joshua, which was I thought was very weird. What? That you called yourself Joshua. What the Ooh. fuck are you guys looking at? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write this shit. I mean, the only reason Jake turns to me is because uh, I probably already had previously done research on this aspect of Johnny Cage when we did our MK1 episode. Uh, and I think it came up a little later, but as most people know, uh, Daniel Pacina uh, is a celebrated martial artist. He was born in Chicago, 
to two uh, Mexican immigrated parents. He was one of four brothers. Part of him finding his way early on was learning discipline through martial arts, and he became a student of Wushu. And he was also friends of John Tobias, and that's how he ended up in uh, to be involved in Mortal Kombat. Most people know the story. John, you know, once he started making Mortal Kombat, they tapped John Tobias because you know, or I'm, I'm sorry, they tapped Dan Cena because hey, our friend knows martial arts. He was already had enough clout to be a stunt person in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two, along with Rich Divizio, aka Kano, and. Uh, you know, they just pulled in. Uh, boy, I, I'm not expected to be in the spotlight here. I'm trying to think of what I need to say about this early stage of uh, Johnny Cage. Basically. Well, I'm, oh, go ahead, John. No, 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 go ahead. Now I was going to say, like, uh, that probably, like, overall, Johnny Cage was the actual first uh, character creation by John Tobias before Mortal Kombat even got off the ground. Like, in terms of the act, like when you actually think of a fighting game and then you think of the first character you're actually creating for that fighting game, Johnny Cage was actually the first. More or less, because as we all know, they, they, they intended it to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle and it didn't pan out. Yep. Uh, yep. And a writ. And originally, Johnny Cage's name was not actually going to be Johnny Cage or even Jonathan Carlton. Um, originally, it was going to be a character that Tobias coined the, uh, coined the name of Michael Grimm. Correct. Um, that, was the ori- that was the original first name that was thrown around, but they decided to change that. And a lot of that through, basically through that change is where you get the, you know, the idea that, Hey, we want to make, like, we want to, we want to make this character like Van Damme. Um, uh, of course, this is based off the movie that he was in the 1987 film blood sport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And of course it's pretty obvious when you actually look at MK one, that Johnny Cage is entire like outfit, you know, the black pants and the red sash on him is modeled after blood sport. If you, if you've seen blood sport in any, um, or even just a clip of it, the, the resemblance is pretty obvious that that's what Johnny Cage was supposed to specifically reference Van Damme from. And a lot, even one of his notable moves, the nut punch, one of my favorite moves in the entire game, that's in blood sport too. So obviously, you know, Without Bloodsport, there would probably be no Johnny Cage <laughs> or Van Damme, for that matter. So a lot of these things kind of went into this um, to actually create this character. And even when they were doing like a lot of like prototype testing for the original MK1, they used the sprite of Johnny Cage to do it. So this kind of you know also just shows just how crucial Dan, uh, Daniel Piscina actually is to the creation of MK1 and to the creation of Johnny Cage as an overall character, which is funny. Because, obviously, Liu Kang is the main character in Mortal Kombat, not Johnny Cage. And Johnny Cage is, just because of his background and what they decided to do with him, is, of course, portrayed more as the comic relief character because he has the story of a martial arts actor-fighter guy who wants to, you know, prove that he actually has the goods um, to actually, you know, to actually do what he says that he does. So he's not just like a stunt double, which, of course, is his arc in Mortal Kombat 95. And this sort of like origin for Johnny Cage as a whole has pretty much stuck with him through pretty much all the characters' iterations. Even when they retconned him, he was basically the same thing uh, with Mortal Kombat 9. Um, so that that whole origin with him has been kind of like a thing. And fighting style-wise, uh, you know, he's had... I was even surprised to learn this. Like, I thought he always used just basic karate, but according to some research that I didn't do it... Um, 
He also uses Ji Kundo, that's Bruce Lee's fighting style, and he uses uh, Shinto Ryu, which admittedly I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, Yasin, you might know more about that than I do, but that's apparently three fighting styles that he has utilized in all the Mortal Kombat games going all the way up to nine. So, I don't know much about Shinto Ryu. Yeah, nor do yeah, 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 nor do I. Like honestly, if he's using it in a fighting style in any one of the games, I don't think I'd be able to pick it out. But I'm, I'm interested in this because it's like obviously his fighting style, as far as the first you know the 2D games go, I don't know if there's much of the fighting style that communicates in because it ended up just being a classic high punch, low kick, and all that. And Daniel Pacino was mainly trained in wushu. Uh, when he came into Mortal Kombat 1. The karate and all that was introduced in uh, as a legit fighting style for him in Deadly Alliance, which we have yet to play. Uh, so I'm kind of interested in when, when, where, where all that pans out across the series. Yeah, like, um, I mean, I can see a lot of basic karate in Mortal Kombat 1 from him, um, and even Mortal Kombat 2. Like, he's not doing anything really stupid fancy that is humanly possible anyway. And throws you know, fireball. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> possible, like, uh, but but other than that, like, uh, I, like, and I I think I can kind of see like some Jeet Kune Do, but again, I'm no martial artist, so it's not like I can pinpoint this stuff. But does it does it make plausible sense in my brain? Sure, but I admit I don't even know what Shinto Ryu even looks like. So obviously, I'm not going to see it when it's right in front of me. But one thing that. I did find interesting, and Josh, actually, I don't, I don't know if you knew this because I, I sure mm. as hell didn't. But, but according to Daniel Pacina, uh, the original portrayal of Cage, the character, was additionally modeled after Daniel Ran of Marvel's Iron Fist franchise, which I, I didn't know. And apparently, additionally, he shares as part of his stage name. Anyway, um, he shares the last name with Luke Cage, which of course is Power Man, um, and of who was a partner with Iron Fist in the Marvel comics. And huh. apparently in later time, yeah, but no one, I, I, th- that is not something I can 100% like confirm if that's a thing because it's Daniel Pacina. I know that like, you know, history has taught us that Daniel Pacina, you know, recounts a lot of stuff, but not necessarily all of it can be 100% verified. But I do think that that can make sense <laughs> because the Luke Cage and Iron Fist stuff makes total sense. They're all fucking dorks and they're into comic books. There yeah. probably was some inspiration yeah. there. I actually, that's news to me. I never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, I never, I, yeah, I, I never heard that either. I never knew, I never knew that, I never knew that either. So, but considering what Marvel, at least the Marvel Nightline was going through in the 80s, because back then Daredevil was really popular, Luke Cage and Iron Fist was also in that same sort of circle. And then a lot of this, and of course, Johnny Cage is, a lot of his portrayal was based off of Bloodsport and Van Damme. I can absolutely see this being a possibility. So I don't want to say it's like not accurate or anything like that, but I do think, I do think it's interesting. And considering that you have Luke Cage, you know, and he, and that's how Johnny Cage technically got his stage name. Um, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see it. Like, huh. I kind of like it. So I think it's, um, I think it's just interesting just for that little tidbit. And on top of that, um, Johnny Cage, uh, which again, I'm actually, I feel kind of bad. I didn't know this, but he apparently, According also to Daniel Pacina, that he had the first fatality that was created for Mortal Kombat One, like the very first one. Um, but you tell me you that tell that me needs if- to be taken of a grain of salt. Uh, well, you just said it. Uh, one thing, 
We love Daniel Pacina. You met him. But the, the yes, one common thread nice is he does say things that might need to be uh, corroborated. Uh, yeah. As we'll learn um, from the, the new book, the uh, Long Live Mortal Kombat, uh, does introduce, uh, it, it sheds some light on the whole situation with uh, when uh, Daniel Pacina was not asked to come back for Mortal Kombat 3, which the story of that is kind of misconstrued throughout the years, uh, blaming it on his ad stint with the Bloodsport ad campaign, which we've talked about, to the lawsuits and stuff like that. But it turns out it's something uh, uh, more uh, specific than that. And if uh, any of y'all have read the book, you'll discover... Maybe I shouldn't spoil that. Go read that book. You see, you have that book now, right? Long Live Mortal yeah, Kombat? I yeah. I have it. I'm going through it pretty slowly right now. Yeah, I read the sample on Kindle and ascertained that's a book I want to get, but I don't I didn't I didn't buy it on Kindle because I wanna I'm a Mortal Kombat fan and a Mortal Kombat podcast co host, so it's I, a pretty hefty book, I'd say get it. Yeah, it looks big. I was like I that's a book I have to have in my bookshelf. I don't want to get it in Kindle, and I just haven't got around to ordering it yet. But yeah, apparently that that saga is uh, recounted in that book. Um, but yeah, D- Daniel Pelsina, lovely guy. Uh, John Tobias still friends of him, but you know one of one of his character traits is he he is a teller of tales, and you kind of have to take a grain of salt with things he says. And if we're talking about, I forgot what we're even talking about. Um, whether or not he created, yeah, the, uh, his fatality was the first one created. I I don't know if that that can be confirmed. Yeah, like uh, he mentioned. I now that I now that I did mention it though, I do remember him talking about it at the panel that I saw him <clears throat> in a Dragon Con of 2022 because he was kind of like, of course, his brother, like his brother was there, and they were going over, of course, all their history with Mortal Kombat. They had some of their you know, like uh, uh, background or I guess making of footage of them doing the different oh, yeah. the various moves for camera capture. Some of this, a lot of that stuff you can easily find on YouTube last I checked. Um, so I don't think that there was anything terribly new there is he just has that, he just had that footage of him doing a lot of Johnny Cage's moves in very, in very slow motion as they're capturing his movements for the game. Um but there actually was one where he's like obviously doing the uppercut, and I remember him mentioning in that panel that like yeah we like we were recording this specifically for the fatality, <laughs> even mm. though it looks like at least to me anyway it looked like every other uppercut that he's ever done in the game, and maybe they just only use that just one motion of him doing the uppercut for all the for all of those. But that's what he was pointing out, so I was like okay, he, you know apparently he created yeah <laughs> according to him he created the first first fatality in the game according to him. So. I, I would assume that the uppercut animation was the same for the fatality as it was for just the regular yeah, uppercut. It was. Uh but I guess now I'm getting a little bit of my mojo back thinking about like how he got started. Uh Daniel Pacina should be put in context to basically he was one of the first people that came on to the fold to record Mortal Kombat because he was friends already with uh, John Tobias. There's actually a funny story that uh, both of them told <coughs> about before the creation of Mortal Kombat. John Tobias wanted to make a, a uh, to his quote, a stupid movie about a ninja chasing thieves in the woods. And Daniel Pacina 
was there and they were all driving to where they were going to film in the woods and they ended up getting in a car wreck. And Daniel Pacino was actually the one to uh, take charge and calm everyone down because apparently he was a little older. He was only the one that was legally an adult. John Tobias was driving. He was 16 at the time. Daniel Pacino was a little older, so he was able to calm everyone down and he actually drove them back from that incident. But I mentioned that because Dan Pacino was introduced first into the fold and he ended up kind of unofficially being, I've said before, like in our MK1 episode, sort of the mentor because all the other people were brought in. Uh, Hosung Pak, who I I incorrectly said that Dan Pacino was the highest ranking martial arts person there. Probably not true because Hosung Pak was uh, pretty well trained, but Daniel Pacino was older. Uh, and he already knew Hosung Pak because they were both in Ninja Turtles. But uh, besides that, everyone else in MK1, Elizabeth Malecki, had no, she was a gymnast and a fitness instructor. She had no experience in martial arts. Daniel Pacino met her in the gym. Uh, she was Sonya, by the way. Brought her in and, you know, and then Carlos Pacino was Raiden. That's Daniel Pacino's brother. Uh, so that's just a little bit of nepotism. And then Daniel Pacino was Scorpion and Sub-Zero. So pretty much it. It was just Daniel Pacino, Hosung Pak, Richard Divizio, who already was experienced in martial arts, Elizabeth Malecki, who wasn't, and uh, Daniel Pacino, being the oldest, was kind of a, a mentor to everybody and apparently made a lot of suggestions about how to do certain moves and all that and kind of held everything together a little bit, I guess. Yeah, and, which is pretty cool. Yeah. As time has gone on, he, he, he might have concocted stories that might not be true, but that is true to Johnny Cage, and that he is very uh, egocentrical, and he's got a picture of Johnny Cage is supposed to be. Yeah, and that definitely has always led to him. He's the know, first Johnny Cage really news. in yep. spirit. In spirit, very, very much so. And because of that, Johnny Cage has pretty much always been kind of been portrayed as like a comic relief character in the franchise not just the games by the way of course like if you've seen any movie with johnny cage in it no matter what movie it is he's usually portrayed as the comic oh yeah like ninja Munch. i can't i sudden uh, death i'm I'm listing johnny cage movies Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those, or like a what was the one at the end of Mortal Kombat 2021 that he was supposed to be in Citizen Cage? I think that was on the post Citizen Cage. Yeah, obvious, obvious riff on Citizen Kane. Uh, if if you want yeah. a quick, quick little summary of there is a filmography <laughs> of Johnny Cage <laughs> movies. Yeah, that sounds like him. His most that famous, of course, like being the Ninja Mime series, of which there are five. Uh, you know, this Dragon Fist, or no, uh. Sudden Violence, which is the one he won an Academy Award for. As as Neil pointed out in a comics episode he did recently, that was a trivia question about which Johnny Cage movie was nominated for Academy Award, and it was uh, Sudden Violence. Uh, and yes, he also did Dragon Fist and Dragon Fist 2. Uh, Cage Match. Yes, Citizen Cage. Uh, and Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 2. Fictional adaptations of his experiences. Yeah, that blew my mind. 
Yeah, I, I, it makes me wonder if in Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, Johnny Cage, like, as he's, like, of course, pitching these ideas for these movies, he, he also needs to say, you know, as a tagline, based on true events. Based on so, true events. I'm yeah, sure that based was. Based on true events. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the actual, like, but, yeah, Johnny Cage, though, as a character, of course, besides being comic relief, you know, has actually gone through, I would argue, actually, a pretty good amount of character growth. Like, um... Hmm. Uh, I would say that's more, though, centered around the Mortal Kombat 9 and going forward type thing. But he actually did, in fact, go through some character growth, at least a little bit, from basically from MK1 all the way to Armageddon. I mean, I mean, for one thing, he, you know, of course, spoiler, he, he dies <laughs> um, at the end, like basically. Like basically at the end of Mortal Kombat two, and if you've seen Annihilation, he very clearly dies from the hands of Shao Kahn. Spoilers. Uh, it's one of the best clips ever. Best clips. Yeah, you've seen loves yeah. to torture me with it. <laughs> so, um, but really, his motivations through through like MK one and all the way to MK nine. I mean, he's he's a bit more humbled in that he does realize that he does have to fight for Earthrealm, and he does have to put aside his movie making sometimes just to go out and save the world. But of course, once he saves the world, he's all about capitalizing on it, which is why Absolutely. he has so many movies, you know, about it. But, you know, his heart's kind of in the right place, um, you know, most of the time when he's actually trying to do this stuff. And he is, you know, a a very major part of the Earth Realm crew. Um, like, he actually knows his stuff, and he actually does know how to fight um, and he actually does have some victories that, you know, basically under his belt. Yeah, I mean, he knows how to fight. Know. He knows his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does know his stuff. But one thing that I didn't know about him is that, of course, a lot of people who have seen pretty much just about any Mortal Kombat lore, period, um, at least recently, knows that Johnny Cage, you know, has a thing for Sonya. They've been, they, of course, in later games have gotten married. They had, you know, they had children, which, of course, is Cassie. But one thing I didn't know... I can't really find a record of any of any of that love interest existing before the MK95 movie. I'm really? pretty sure the MK95 movie started that. Well, didn't we address that it, it, it happened in the comics a little bit? It was hinted at in the comics? It, that's the thing. I, like, honestly, Josh, I can't remember. But, but please correct me. But as far as I'm aware, it started in the movie. Because we all know that Kano being Aussie started in the movie. That course, was just such yeah. a popular thing. They just kept it. Um, we all know that, um, but I think that the love interest between Johnny and Sonya also started with the movie because I think, it was, well, you know, it we was talked about that movie uh, and maybe it's just because the comics, we just ex- excise them from the memory, but I think there, there was a little bit of that in the Malibu and the John Tobias produced comics, just because naturally they're both America characters outside of the realm of all the sorcery bullshit. And we're probably naturally attract to each other. But, I mean, the movie was probably the first one, you're right, to explicitly do it. Because also, it's a 90s Hollywood movie. you got to put in your 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 romance in there. Uh, like I had said previously, Katana and Liu Kang were going to have a explicit love story in that movie that they just kind of, like, cut out until, you know, yeah. they, they, they finally addressed it in Annihilation. Because uh, it's just mm-hmm. what you do in a 90s movie. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think it did have a head start in the comics, but the movie was the okay. first one to explicitly do it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't really think of Johnny Cage even remotely having a love interest at, um, at all until uh, like until basically the 95 movie. But considering that he's an egotistical like movie actor, he's on this island with all these fighters. And then like as far as I'm aware, Sonia is the only woman <laughs> that <laughs> is even around through most of it. So I was like, of course, he's going to flirt with her. Like, of course he is. But I didn't realize it was going to become like a full blown thing. <laughs> um but apparently it was, and now it's pretty much it's almost inexcusable because like um, Johnny, like Johnny and Sonia are pretty much always going to be considered like a thing. Like I mean, Cassie as a character is a thing because of Johnny and Sonia, right? Uh, and that and that like and that's the future. That's going to be you know a future Mortal Kombat character that will be coming back. So Johnny Cage has definitely sort of uh, left his legacy on the franchise. He's not just one of those characters that's just there, and then we liked him, and then no one talked about him ever again. Like, he's like he's his stamp his, on the franchise. He's left his stain on the franchise. Yes, he's left his stain really on the is. franchise. <laughs> yeah, he really has. <laughs> um, but also, you know, besides the great Daniel Piscina, and I guess moving on a little bit to the more Mortal Kombat 95 movie, um, I, think it, I, think it's a, I think it's a good... Uh, time to talk about Lyndon Ashby. <laughs> we oh, talked yeah. about him a little bit, but I think yes, it's a great time would. to talk about him now. <laughs> and because pretty much for me, whenever I think of Johnny Cage in any live action role, Lyndon Ashby always like always pops in my head. Like I generally think that he did a, about as good of a job I think as one can do playing Johnny Cage in that movie because they couldn't get Van Damme to do it because he was busy making he was busy playing an even more American character. Even though honestly, <laughs> I feel like he did. I think he he did a better job than I think Van Damme could ever do. Yeah. At least at, at least at at least at that point because Van Damme like I mean let's be honest he's not like he's a martial artist actor but he's not like I don't think he has the comedic chops. I mean he is charismatic. Like I I I was thinking literally earlier today how he would say like you know hey let's dance um, or shit like that. It would have been it would have been full of machismo, but it wouldn't have been the effortless, slick, cool that the great Lyndon Ashby right. was. Because he he made he made Johnny Cage likable. Like oddly enough, somehow uh, Jean Claude Van Damme fits Guile more than Johnny Cage <laughs> in a weird way. Huh? I don't know. Does he, he kind of gives charm to Guile that's different? No, no, not not really, but I think like, well, no. So any people, there's a lot of people who could have done a better job of Guile than him, but he somehow made that iconic. But I don't think he could have done that to Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage is like a certain type of character that I don't think at that time Jean Claude Van Damme would have been able to pull off. Hmm. I feel like if he did it now, he could do an older Johnny Cage, maybe. Oh yeah, he could totally do an old Johnny Cage for sure. Didn't he have that whole uh, show making fun of himself? Yeah, JCVD. So like yeah. he, I feel like he has more acting chops now to do it, but I don't think he had it in the mid '90s. I think if he had taken the role, if he had accepted it and became Johnny Cage in the '95 movie, it would have been equally memorable, but in a different way. I mean, as memorable as <laughs> Colonel Guile <laughs> was, huh? Because they would have been like, they did the they thing. Did the thing. Hey, 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 Rain! This is Mortal Kombat. We fight. I can't do it. John Glavine. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> like I'm all, like I'm like I'm kind of thinking about John Claude Van Damme playing Johnny Cage, and I think probably the one who suffers the most if if Van Damme did play Johnny Cage would have been Robin Shue because Robin Shue was still kind of like up and coming at the time. But he would have been outstage character. Yeah, uh, sadly, I mean. I think Van Dam. I, I think Van Dam would have actually attempted to outstage him and been more of the draw for the movie. Oh yeah, he probably would have demanded to be the uh, top billing and to be the main yeah. face in the poster. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, which would have been weird considering We're, we all know that Liu Kang is the main character, and he just kind of and Liu Kang would have been playing second fiddle to what is essentially the comic relief of the of the movie. And yeah, that just that would have been awkward. So that's I guess a really good. Yeah, that's a really good point because uh, like. Even though, like, Robin Shu was an actor in Hong Kong, uh, Lyndon Ashby was already established as, like, an actor here, at least on TV. Uh, I don't know how much Bridget Wilson did before. Bridget Wilson's big claim to fame right before this was literally, like, what, Billy Madison and uh, 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 Last Action Hero. She was in something else. Yeah, yeah, Last Action Hero. That that was was her debut, I think. Yeah, it was. But Bridget Wilson, she had a very, like 1995 was, or 94 really, was a massively busy year for her because she did, um, uh, she had just wrapped Lax Action Hero. She did uh, Billy Madison, Mortal Kombat, and I think another movie that I can't remember off the top of my head. And she was filming all three of those within one year. Like she was massively busy. And she dislocated her shoulder while filming Mortal Kombat, which she talked about before. Yep, we have talked about that before too. So yeah, so she so she definitely brought her A game like that year. We're trying to portray all these like basically all these different characters. And but eh, I mean when I like when I think about it, like it was kind of cool. I think Lyndon Ashby, being of course a soap opera actor, you know, before he played Johnny Cage, he definitely turned. That was definitely there because you saw like a little bit of it when he's actually trying to you know, be serious in his interest in Sonya in the movie. But I don't necessarily think that, you know, Bridget Wilson and Lyndon Ashby had a lot of great chemistry going on in the movie hmm. um, too, too much. But, you know, I think Lyndon Ashby just basically still did about as good of a job as anybody could do. And to his credit, um, a lot of the, you know, he actually, he's no martial artist, but he did try to do a lot of his own stunts in that movie when it was applicable. And you can tell when, yeah. when you watch the movie. As famously uh, stated, he peed blood during the Scorpion-Johnny Cage fight because he got kicked in the spleen uh, between the padding. And yeah, he had no, oh, j- just like uh, Bridget Wilson, he had no combat combat experience. He, like you said, a soap opera actor, which I, I, I think that gets, what, 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 Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Lyndon Ashby, because really, uh, before Mortal Kombat, it seems like he mostly had just random TV appearances, and I don't really see a lot of soaps. I think we all say he's a soap actor before Mortal Kombat. I don't think I don't know if it was soaps because he was on Melrose Place, which wasn't. I don't think it was. Oh yeah, I want to mention Melrose Place. He came on Melrose Place around the same time, which yeah, I wanted to mention Melrose Place because. I always thought Melrose Place was Melrose, apostrophe S. Like, this is Not? Melrose Place. It's Melrose, M-L... Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's a street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a street. I always... <laughs> I never fucking seen the show. I always just thought it was, like, a diner, like Melrose Place. But no, it's Melrose, L-O-R-O-E-S, place. He was That's on that funny. for a little bit. But, yeah, after Mortal Kombat... He did get consistent uh, roles on 
uh, Days of Our Lives and The Young and the Restless, which, fuck, man. Oh, I remember okay. those goddamn shows from when I used to be babysat by my great aunt. They're still, he was in those shows in the aughts. Their shows are still fucking going on. Well, yeah, it's a soap opera. Yeah, that's all soap operas work. But yeah, he didn't go on those until after Mortal Kombat. Uh, before Mortal Kombat, he had like brief appearances in like one episodes of shows, some of which might be considered soap operas. Oh, he was in MacGyver for one episode, by the way. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I that. cool. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you want to know, it was uh, season six, episode four. Twenty questions. He played a guy named Brett Reynolds. Uh. The, the new Adam 12, whatever the goddamn fuck that is. But uh, we've always characterized mm-hmm. his breakout role as Mortal Kombat, but it was actually just right before that. Uh, it was in the Wyatt Earp movie uh, in which he played Wyatt Earp's brother. And he played that opposite uh, fucking uh, Kevin Costner and Robert goddamn fucking Duvall. Okay. So that was, that was right before Mortal Kombat. So, uh, that's a pretty good feather in the cap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From uh, moving on to star next to uh, Christopher Lambert, who, you know, Elliot falsely said uh, was the one that <laughs> turned away Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which actually, uh, I, I found an interview where, where uh, Lyndon Ashby tells that story. And it wasn't a security guard that turned away Tom Cruise on the set of the Mortal Kombat 95 movie. It was actually the medic. Uh, he did an interview where he said, yeah, there was a medic, uh, that was just there, you know, for when people get injured, like Bridget Wilson, when her shoulder got dislocated and yeah, Tom Cruise poked his head in the door and it was the medic who was the one that told him to GTFO according to Lyndon Ashby. Yeah. Wait, why was he there again? Who? Tom Cruise? Yeah. He was just happened to be, I don't know if he was filming a movie and you know, it was during one of the shoots that was in LA on studio, probably not mission impossible. I don't know what it was, but he just wanted to see what was going on. And he poked his head in there and the medic told him to get the fuck out. (laughs) 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 I don't care who you are. Get the fuck, get the fuck. That that medic must feel really good. Right. (laughs) He told, especially like his trajectory after that point. It's like, yeah, he's in Mission Impossible, but I told him to get the fuck out. I told out. him to get the fuck out. My dick's big. And he listened. <laughs> and he listened. He listened. I spoke and Tom Cruise abided. Look at my dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that has a little to do with Johnny Cage. Just a funny story. Um, no, but still, I mean, I mean, it's cool because, you know, like... Like Lyndon Ashby, the only thing I remember seeing him in, which Josh, you pointed out when I, when you and I both watched it, was um, and I apologize, I forget, like I forget which number it is. It's one yeah, of the uh, Resident, Evil. Resident Evil movies. And was, he was like, and he was a, a side Apocalypse? character. No, it, it, it was Resident Evil. Ex- I know him all. Is Extinction? It was part three. Uh, incidentally, part three. Okay. directed by the director of Highlander. Just pointing out to tie it to Christopher oh. Lambert. Yeah. The director of Highlander directed Resident Evil Part 3, Resident Evil Extinction, which did have, yes, Lynn and Ashby, which I shamefully confess that when I first saw that movie in the theaters, I didn't pick up that that was Lynn and Ashby. 
Mm. Granted, he's not like a, a he's a main enough character in it, but he was still kind of a side character uh, next to me, Jovovich, yeah. Omar Epps, and uh, fucking what's his name, Carlos, um, Oded Ferrer. But he was still there. He he was he was a main character. But yeah, it's like maybe he was just he was a little weather looking. Didn't recognize him, but yeah, totally Johnny Cage. He's still does he still stuff. yeah Josh does he like has Lyndon Ashby still been in still been in other stuff yeah I admit I haven't I, I've seen Robin Shue pop up here and there but I haven't seen Lyndon Ashby pop up well, at least not in any anything that I've seen most anywhere. famously lately he was in uh, the the Teen Wolf TV series which I think I remember shouting out about other than that oh I think I might have had a note other than that that's about it like. His his trajectory has mainly always been TV or small movies. I do have a few notes about him, though. Hold on. Uh, you can edit out any pauses. Uh, Wyatt Earp was a big one. He's been a lot of uh, random episodes of, of NCIS and CSI, which seems like everybody who's ever been an actor for a little bit has always ended up in. Uh, oh, he was an Iron Man. Believe it or not. Okay, here, here are two interesting things. Uh, he was an Iron Man 3J. Uh, you see, you know that. I, th- I think I showed you guys a screenshot of that. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, I was. I think at one point a couple years ago, I was, I was re-watching those movies, and I saw him, and I took a screenshot and sent it to you guys. Oh, shit, man. That's been so long, now, I forget. But yeah, he was in that. Uh, Jay, yeah, you'll like this, Jay. He was in Mean Girls 2. Well, I like Mean Girls, but I never saw Mean Girls 2. Well, Boogaloo. now you should watch it because Lyndon Ashby is somewhere in it. I don't have his character name in that. Uh, he probably play, like he, he looks like he plays like a like someone's dad. He like, probably played a dad or a guidance counselor or some shit like that, right? Most of what he plays seems to be like government official one or government official two. Uh, he was in <coughs> uh, Anaconda's Trail of Blood, which is the uh, fourth Anaconda movie. <laughs> Uh, there was four? There, yeah, there are four. Uh, I've been interested in seeing the third one, uh, whatever the fuck it's called now. I don't have my notes up because David Hasselhoff is the star in that one. No way. And you know, we talked about David Hasselhoff before, the David Hasselhoff uh, cinematic universe. Cinematic universe. Yeah, which yeah. includes apparently Anaconda. The second one was just Anaconda. I think the, the third one of David Hasselhoff was Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. I might be getting these mixed up, but yeah. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Pacino. Lyndon Ashby was in the fourth one, and now i got to see it, because I just want to go say Anaconda 1, great fucking movie. Who doesn't love Anaconda? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. So maybe I ought to go see the rest of these. Um, a, another fucking interesting, two other interesting notes about Lyndon Ashby. Uh, he was also in a movie in 2008. It was literally called Sub-Zero. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Are it, you kidding awesome. me? It had something to do about a military operation and like, you know, a, a wintry setting or something like that. And it starts to someone. Happened to be called Sub-Zero. Uh, but he Josh, was... Josh, if the... Josh, if the next note that you're going to say about him, if he was in a movie called Scorpion, I'm really going to die. That Well, I mean... According to you, uh, Scorpion is uh, John Johnny Cage's long lost brother, right? 
or in our Mysteries yeah. and Secrets episode. Yeah, uh, Mysteries and Secrets episode. <laughs> but uh, I'll have a note on Johnny Cage's familial references uh, for later. But no, he was also in another movie in 1991 before Mortal Kombat was a thing called Into the Sun. And it's hilarious because the plot is about an actor who's prepping for a role and he is shadowing an actual military combat pilot. <laughs> Linda Nashby, however, does not play the actor. He plays a character uh, called, uh, well, actually, I don't have it here. Uh, he's not one of the main characters, but the main character in the movie is an actor <laughs> embedded into a Mortal Kombat type situation, which I find very ironic. <laughs> oh, and, and the one final note about Lennon Ashby. Apparently, he's listed as a director for a as-yet-to-be-released movie. Sounds like a documentary called Ooh. Crazy Pageant Moms. Uh, which I, think, okay. I guess might be like a dance mom thing. It's just about how fucked up the whole uh, beauty pageant shit is. Uh, but yeah, he's listed as a director for that. Upcoming 2023. And also, uh, both of us have watched this, I think, and and I admit, I, I forget the event, but there was a YouTube video, I think mm -hmm. some years ago, back where Lyndon Ashby and Robin Shu were actually playing Mortal Kombat 1 with each other, a sort of like a kind of a pseudo reunion um, of their time on, like on the time of that film set. And Lyndon Ashby has done nothing but praise his time, as far as I'm aware, on that set. He said everybody had fun. Uh, him and Robin Shu, as far as I'm aware, are still friends. I, I can't say that they're close, but, like, they still keep up with each other every now and again. Family. It's like when they see each other, they're like, hey, man, what's up? You know, like, they're still they're still cool. And it does look like that he kind of looks um, on his portrayal of Johnny Cage, you know, like, pretty fondly. Like, uh, I, think, I think he doesn't regret ever doing that role. It wasn't just a paycheck for him. <laughs> so I do think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it was and it wasn't. It was a paycheck, but at the same time... It was a paycheck, but but it's not like just a paycheck. It's not like he's like, all right, guys, are we done? Okay, cool. Give him a check, and then I'm bouncing. I mean, like... Well, I told that story about his daughter. His daughter was getting bullied by kids in the playground, and her reaction to them was, my dad is Johnny Cage. He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, punch in the face. And they get punched in the face. And he retold that story later, you know, which is super cute. It's like, you know, yeah, he's Johnny motherfucking Cage. And he likes it. It would have been, it'd be cool if she said that and then she like did the splits and then punched something. Yeah, right. And then yeah, that's a meeting with a, with a principal later. Did you influence your child to do a split and punch somebody in the uh, genitals? Not appropriate. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I guarantee you that, like, at some point in time, I did actually think to myself, hey, I want to do a split and start punching people in the nuts. That'll be awesome. And then I realized I couldn't do a split. And I'm like, well, I guess that dream's dead. You know, something you tells me you, if I really would have believed in myself, I probably could have actually really learned. You don't it. have but to do a split though, to punch someone in the nuts. Though. You can just get down your knees. Why you got to do a split? Yeah, but yeah, but well, the split's just cooler to me because mm -hmm. it's 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 a very fast way to drop down and get a position, I I guess. But also, like just thinking about doing a split and then let's just say you land in a particularly wrong way, that would be very very yeah. Bad. Uh, to 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 recount, uh, boy, I, this isn't even something I researched recently. This is something that I have in my memory from past episodes research. But Daniel Pacina did recount 
that the filming for the nut punch shot was pretty uh, hair strenuous because basically, I guess unless you're like just God, you can't just pop up a split just like that, right? The way they filmed the nut punch is he would slowly lower himself, get into the split position, and do the punch and hold the pose. Uh, I feel like a lot of people could. There's a lot of people who can just do it like pop. And just do it oh, like ouch, that. boy! My my groin area just hurt when you said that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to be well trained, and if you're not well trained, you're gonna get hurt. And I'm just gonna say, Daniel Pacino was well trained, but that was still something he did in slow motion, and he actually did say it was pretty fucking strenuous because uh, uh, having to hold that position in a split. Uh, I actually don't know how physically impossible, how physically possible it is to just drop down and do a split like that, or hop up on two uh, sawhorses, whatever they're called, and do a split like that without hurting something. I would imagine, Josh, your hamstrings have to be very, very loose, and that's not something you can just do. Like you, you have to, as far as I'm aware, you have to train your body like pretty regularly stretching just to do yeah. that. Like, like famously, Jean Claude Van Damme. And like Time Cop or whatever does that shot where he's like in nothing but his tidy whities and he, he jumps up and pluck props his legs on the table to dodge a bullet or whatever. I don't think that could be done in real life about literally pulling a groin muscle and going to the hospital. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, since we talked a little bit about, you know, Daniel Pacina and then now Lennon Ashby, there have, of course, been other people that have played johnny cage in other media and josh i'll let you move on to um to uh to the uh to the uh, to the character from annihilation there in a minute but but i do but i do want to give a, a like a shout out to the uh, to the one time that he was played um uh by by a not by a not daniel Pacina in mortal kombat trilogy which was what christopher alexander was that his name or george alexander correct uh chris alexander uh, Chris Alexander. I mean, I don't know who a George Alexander is. You might be thinking about Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza on Seinfeld. LOL. Far away <laughs> as from Mortal Kombat as you can get, but actually, I can yeah. kind of see him in the role. No, uh, Chris Alexander. Um, <laughs> the whole reason that uh, he was replaced to begin with, of course, is because you know the famous uh, Johnny Cage or uh, Daniel Pacina not being asked to return, which is attributed to a lot of different things. Him being yeah, in the Bloodstorm ad, prior episodes, the lawsuits or two lawsuits. Uh, but as we learn, if you read the Long Live Mortal Kombat book, there's a little bit more specific reason why he was not fired. Uh, he was not official employee in Midway, mind you, but he was just asked not to come back. Uh, and Daniel Pacina did. Okay, this would be a good point to bring up the lawsuits. Part of the lawsuits was. Uh, Daniel Pacina, along with Elizabeth Malecki, uh, Tony Marquez, who played Kung Lao, and others, wanted more money because, like, holy shit, there's so many uh, sales going on from the home console versions. And part of the argument was is the use of his likeness. And the reason he lost is because he argued that he's mother-effing Johnny Cage. People know him as Johnny Cage. He literally goes on the street and people are like, hey, Johnny Cage. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to prove that in the court because the court did something where like they, they did a 
survey and they asked people on the street, who's this guy showing a picture of Daniel Bessina? And they didn't fucking know, um, which was kind of a, a low blow to him. But Daniel Bessina would later retroactively say, it's like, well, obviously that wasn't true because I was irreplaceable because when I stepped out, they couldn't replace me as Johnny Cage because no one ever came in for free. Was that because they could have found anybody? The reality of that might have been just they just didn't get around to it yet because eventually, yes, they did in Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which was, uh, yes, Jay, uh, Chris Alexander. And you know what? I can't say shit about him because guess what? There's not much on him. Chris Alexander, I don't know what the fuck he did afterwards, but he was in shape. He does, he does have one interesting thing about him, but I don't know necessarily know if it's him. It's more like just a direction of the character. But his portrayal of Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat trilogy is the only iteration of Cage where Cage keeps his sunglasses on like mm-hmm. the whole time because he normally like puts them on as a victory pose. But in that, but in Mortal Kombat trilogy, Johnny Cage never takes his sunglasses off, like or at least. You know, he leaves them on the entire <clears> time. So I don't, as far as I'm aware, it's been a long time, a very long time since I've played Trilogy, but I don't think there's any instance where Johnny Cage ever takes off his sunglasses in nope, MK there Trilogy. Isn't. He always has them on. And really, you could, could call betrayal in the in the context of these early 2D games uh, lightly because it's mostly just, you know, any voice acting is going to be from someone else. It's just the moves, right? Daniel Bussina made the impression he did, not just because of how he was portrayed on the game's screen, but also just because of his personality on the set, mentoring the other actors. Because, as noted, he was a little bit older than everybody else, even than even older than Ho-Sung Pak. Uh, and also the appearances he made, because I think famously... I think I mentioned before they made an appearance in an Australian program or whatever with him and Elizabeth Malecki were there in character pretending to be. And that's kind of where Johnny Cage's character, I think, grew a little bit because Daniel Bassino was just there pretending to be this jaded movie star. (laughs) And it was hilarious. (laughs) Uh, This um, Chris Alexander never did anything like that. Literally, all I did was pose for the versus screen and do the, the video capture. And yes, kept his sunglasses on the whole time. Uh, other than that, like I said, not really much uh, to go on from his performance uh, as a contribution to the evolution of Johnny Cage's character, who at that point yeah, now ha- get- had reached a new point in his story. But go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, but I but I at least did want to like you know just at least get him a, a give him a shout just because like of course that is someone who did portray Johnny Cage, which you know since we're kind of in the Mortal Kombat trilogy realm a little bit, I will go ahead and dress a fun, like little elephant in the room for Johnny Cage. Um, He's also known for being the first, like, sort of heavy Mortal Kombat character that canonically has died um, Mm. in Mortal Kombat. He, um, but how he's died has been sort of like, almost like the butt of jokes. He has died, um, he's died canonically, at least majorly, one time, but the source of how he died has been different depending on which media that you watch. Um, and kind of like my own research on this, one thing, uh, some of this stuff I, like, I didn't know. Like, obviously, you know, we know that um, he dies in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Shao Kahn beats him up and breaks his neck. We know that. Um, and then also, and at the end of what, Mortal Kombat 
uh, or at the beginning or, or at the end of Mortal Kombat 2 or Mortal Kombat 3, I believe, Josh, it stated that he was killed by Shao Kahn, by Shao Kahn's extermination squads. Mm-hmm. So that was so that was one thing. I think a lot of people know that. Uh, but actually, one thing I forgot, but I but I looked it up, but it wasn't the game. In MK9, when Raiden has his flashback where he's like flashing back to a lot of like the previous past and stuff like that. They kind of retcon that where St. Johnny Cage was killed by Montaro and Montaro is shoving a spear through him. There's like one flash scene where that happened. So they so that's Netherrealm's kind of saying, no, Johnny Cage died this way. And what's even funnier is that apparently like uh, at like at some point in time, though I don't have a correct date on it, there was like an there was like an MK like all like radio special or radio broadcast special or something from some of the characters. And there's a eulogy <laughs> that was given to Raiden. And Raiden had said that Johnny Cage was killed by Kantaro at the end of MK2. Huh. And, yeah, and like, and that that's something I didn't know. And I couldn't find too much information for my research on that. But apparently it was like, it was like a special that was sort of meant for the promotion of MK3. But it was, so it, it came out between MK2 and 3. And they had said that Johnny Cage had been killed by... Kuntaro, and th- but then we later found out he gets killed by quote unquote extermination squads, which seems like a very generic way just to say we actually don't know how he died; he just died. <laughs> um, at least, at least to me. But it's happened so much that there, that he's been almost like the butt of jokes of like Johnny Cage getting killed. And if there was ever a character that embodied the spirit of Kenny from South Park, who dies every episode, Johnny <laughs> Cage, Johnny Cage would be the closest to that because apparently he is the joke. <laughs> Um, or the butt of that joke, and what I think he even has a film like Mortal Kombat: The Death of Johnny Cage, or something yes, like that, which I need to look up more about. Yeah, I do seem to remember that radio play thing you're, you're talking about. I think I I didn't come across it in my research for this episode, but I, that does uh, spark a memory. I believe that they just got creative with. Well, how exactly did uh, Johnny Cage die? Uh, and I think yes, the him being killed by Kintaro. Uh, the 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 canon one I think is he was killed by the extermination squads in MK3. What is interesting yeah. to note uh, is that John Vogel, who we mentioned in a previous episode, uh, as we discovered, not just with the art, he actually has an involvement with some of the writing in the games up to present day. Apparently, reportedly, was not happy with the way Johnny Cage's story. Uh, evolved specifically in three to four because yeah he was killed and in trilogy where he was introduced back in which is essentially an expanded version of three it was just explained that his soul was blocked from uh, being able to enter the afterlife because of Shao Kahn's invasion and he came back to help his friends and then yeah at, at four he's magically back and he just never liked that which, which could get into how, how his character uh, evolved into 10, which we'll get to as far as how more important he is than just a movie star who died. Yeah, sadly, though, like um, there really isn't too much interesting lore on Johnny Cage once you get to Mortal Kombat 4, other than kind of like his same shtick. If you beat the game with him, you know, he usually has some fun scenes about him making a movie an inspiration from whatever happened in the game to make said movie. There's a very funny like ending scene where he has like an Oscar and he says something and the crowd boos and throws like tomatoes and plants and stuff at him. And he makes jokes, 
you know, throughout the whole thing. But character-wise, he really doesn't evolve too, too much other than just like cocky movie star trying to make a movie, but he's here to save the day kind of thing. And pretty much, you know, he he gets killed in Armageddon and also he's gets killed in Deadly Alliance as well in that game because he does his dead body is one of the ones yeah he's he's one of the dead bodies on the stairwell at the end of the game um at the at the, the cutscene at the end of the game what in Deadly yeah. Alliance yeah he's on there yeah a lot a lot of characters from my understanding get killed at the end of Deadly Alliance and he and he was one of them wow well I guess we'll find that out when we get to it uh damn I can't wait to play that by the way. <laughs> because Johnny Cage dies I'm excited to try it yeah that's it but, like, of course, you know, it really hasn't changed, like, too, too much, which is why, at least for me, I mean, granted, I, I give, uh, like, I want to shout out Neil again. I give him full credit that I probably will actually enjoy these games. But story-wise for me, I kind of feel like, I, I, at least Johnny Cage-wise stories for me, that, like, uh, I still kind of consider the PS2 era of Mortal Kombat to be a little bit of the, a little bit of the Dark Ages in terms of that, because I didn't play a lot of those um, hmm. kind of growing up. But I look forward to it, because when uh, when Josh and I played MK4, of course, I played Johnny, and I enjoyed how he played in that game. I was, I was very surprised by that. So, but... Um, other but other people that have played Johnny Cage, we mentioned him, but we haven't talked about we haven't talked about Chris Conrad, <laughs> um, the guy who now haunts my <laughs> you know my my nightmares because Yassine just keeps assaulting me with that gif of him getting killed. <laughs> so yes, sir. Yeah, but 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 I admit I know nothing of Chris Conrad. I just know that he was annihilation for all of five minutes. We got to see Johnny Cage do one shadow kick, and then Shao Kahn just smacks him around, and then just breaks his neck and Sonya screams, and that's the end neck. of it. No, John, don't. Or whatever she says very awkwardly. Yeah. John, Johnny. And then at the end of Annihilation, like, they don't even, as far as I'm aware, they don't even have a funeral for him. He's just there. He's just like, he's sacrificed at the altar. <laughs> so. At least they had a line halfway through the movie where Sonya said, nope, we couldn't even save Johnny. And then Jax is like, who the hell's Johnny? But uh, it would have been nice if they would have done a little tribute for him at the end. But, you know, lots happen. They don't give a shit about Johnny anymore. Yeah. But yes, Chris Conrad, Chris Conrad, I'm sorry, played him in Annihilation. Linda Nashby was that? What's that? Well, he. Chris, I believe Chris Conrad Conrad was the. Conrad. Love interest of Hilary Swank in Karate Kid 4. Uh, yeah, I do oh, have one man. of his credits as uh, the next Karate Kid. Was that the Hillary Swank one? Yeah, that's the Hillary Swank one. Okay. Uh, boy, man, I I seen that too. Which Karate Kid Part Four is not a good movie? It's well, no, not. no, it's not. It's really <laughs> not. Was it not though? Because I remember being kind of engaged in it. I remember Hillary Swank. How many fucking yeah. Karate Kid Four? Jesus Christ! I've seen the first one. I don't even know what two and three happened in two or three. Two and three are are pretty good too, though. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Karate Kid one's great. Two and three, I feel like are, I feel like are okay. But honestly, Cobra Kai has done so much more for the characters in those movies than the movies ever did. <laughs> so, so, so his role in four or the next Karate Kid was literally just Hillary Swank's uh, love interest. That's it. Well, he was like part of the. Karate group, the evil karate group that was kind of like being bullied or whatever. But then he's like, no. There's always the evil karate group. 
I mean, that's that's what it is. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how else to say. They're the, they're the bad guys, kind of, and he's one of them. But then he kind of falls for her, and you know, changes his ways and whatnot. Mm. Hillary Swank too. What's she, what's she been doing lately? I haven't seen her lately. Uh, she's been in stuff, but I, don't know. I like her. Like, but I've heard her name pop up here. I mean, the last like thing I seen her was Million Dollar Baby, and that was ages ago. Oh, a long time. That, that was her big thing. That was her Two big thing. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, she was in uh, Sometimes They Come Back Again, which I think I talked about the Sometimes They Come Back movies in that episode. I can't remember if she was in that. With Michael Gross, pretty cool. But Chris Conrad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he wasn't. He's kind of a. Seems to be a small role, whatever type of guy. Yes, Lyndon Ashby was asked to come back for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but he read the script. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nope. Um, so they just grabbed this Chris Conrad guy, which uh, I will note, he's ripped as fuck. Uh, he totally could be a Johnny Cage if Johnny Cage took off his shirt, uh, but he literally is in the movie for five minutes. Uh, but he has had roles. Besides the, I would like to direct you guys' attention to the chat. Okay, I just heard a little blip. What's this? Oh, hey, of yeah, course. of course, yeah, Johnny Cage, of course, getting his neck slammed—the best thing ever. Yeah, I think like every and and of course, you know, Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat 2021 gets killed, but because I'm a boomer and I can't find a GIF of it, <laughs> um, I can't assault you scene censor. Dude, I've had this. With it. I have this basically saved in my Google Photos so I can pull it up anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> every yeah, every single time. And it's it like and the burden is now on me to find a gif of Kung Lao getting killed so I can then just annoy your scene with it. But sadly I have not been able to find it yet. It's probably because your scene's been going out there actively scrubbing it from the internet so you can't. Yeah, grab it. yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's oh, pur- of course. Yeah, yeah. He, he's purging it from existence so I can never have the satisfaction. It's actually we like to say it's a Kenny meme for Johnny Cage to be getting killed. And yeah. and, and Jay, you're basically explaining that there are at least two different canon explanations for how he died to explain Mortal Kombat 3. But it doesn't seem to be as many canon deaths as poor Kung Lao has had, because I think he is the true Kenny. Because apparently, as we discovered, he, he might be. he's canonically he might be supposed point. to be killed in 3. He was killed in the 2021 movie, and he was killed in Battle for the Realms. Uh, Kung Lao has not had a good uh, mortality track record. Compared That's to Johnny true. Cage. That's very true. Yeah, and then they've and if anything, they've actually they've actually like kept Cage around, especially in the later games, as more of as more of a main character, like we yeah. kind of addressed in our Liu Kang episode, where like Johnny Cage effectively is the main character in Mortal Kombat ten, which I which I still have like weird thoughts on, but you know, we'll get like but we'll definitely we'll definitely get to that um in a minute. Uh for sure, but oh, yeah. yeah, like Johnny Cage, like yeah, but yeah, Johnny Cage. I, I kind of agree with you, Josh. I feel like Kung Lao is giving Johnny Cage a run for his money as being the character that always dies. But I don't necessarily know if I, <laughs> who wants that. Like, who? I mean, if you're a fan of Kung Lao. Why would you want that? Pretty much the only reason that exists is because of Daniel Pacina's departure from working on the you know first two games and them having to explain away his absence, and it became yeah. a meme for a little bit, but. Uh, Johnny Cage can't die because he's been a mainstay ever since, and he won't fucking leave. <laughs> he just won't fucking leave. Uh, yeah, I probably do, do want to make uh, make a gift. A, oh, go ahead. Sure. 
<laughs> well, I was just going to say, probably the greatest gift that Johnny Cage has for his entire existence is that he is one of the original MK characters. He will never die because of that. Though all every MK game that they ever make, probably in some way, shape, or even if he's out, even if he comes out as a DLC, Johnny Cage will probably be in it in some capacity. So he'll never just die off. Like they'll never just never use him again. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely want to get into here in a little bit too about how he has grown as a character beyond just LOL Hollywood star to like you talked about, like how he is in ten. Uh, and what makes him a mainstay. I did want to mention a couple more things about uh, Chris Conrad, who portrayed him okay. in uh, Annihilation for all of uh, three minutes. His other roles uh, included uh, a couple appearances in JAG, who, which will be a show that uh, might come up again later because one or two other Johnny Cage actors have appeared in JAG. Uh, it seems any fledgling actor... Uh, in the 90s and 2000s has appeared at least in a several handful of episodes of NCIS, CIS, CSI, and Jack. Um, I guess that's what you that's just too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he also uh, was in... Give me a second. Uh, well, damn, where the... Uh, oh, yes. The show that Neil likes to point out so much uh, that seems to be an epicenter of Mortal Kombat, at least Mortal Kombat Conquest actors, Raven. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does mention that. Huh? One of his first appearances uh, when he was moving to Hollywood of his brother, who uh, wrote some films and he basically followed him to get involved in acting, was an appearance, supposedly, in Raven. Though it's not a list, it's not listed in his official credits, but it is mentioned in his trivia that his first appearance was in Raven. So there you go. Along with uh, our dude Raiden from Conquest and whoever else was in Raven, I don't know much about the show. Yeah, I know nothing of the show. Neil talks about it a lot. A lot of Mortal Kombat Conquest actors seem to uh, pollinate into that show. Mm. Pollinate. Pollinate, pollinate that mm-hmm. like they flow through the wind and then they absorb by another plant somewhere or something and then they're supposed to bloom. Is that how it works? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> um, but I think what we should talk about is yeah how Johnny Cage was concepted in the beginning as just a Jean Claude Van Damme stand-in, which I, don't, I think it goes without saying if we didn't mention his look in the first game was modeled after Bloodsport. I think we said that. Yeah. How has he evolved, but also how, how have other actors treated this character and, and rolled with it? Well, I think, I definitely think that like Lyndon Ashby has probably gotten the character at least the best, or at the very least he's invented enough of the character through his portrayal in the movie to where some of that stuff is stuck. Like he was kind of always a comedic, like basically like the comic relief. But the way Lyndon Ashby has done it, I feel like the like the way like 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 the chemistry he has with other characters and his overall attitude, I feel like that has rubbed off in later media. I definitely hmm. think it's definitely affected his portrayal a little bit um, from Andrew Bowen, uh, who played Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 10 and Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, and I think it's also kind of rubbed off a little bit um, uh from the animated movies, like uh, of course uh, Scorpion's 
Revenge and uh, Battle for the Realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I feel like that that's been kind of like a thing. So if I had to say it, Lennon Ashby, I think, has portrayed him the best. I can't really comment on Chris Alexander because he doesn't talk and he's just a one-note kind of thing. Chris Conrad, like, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I really, like, I feel like Andrew Bowen and um, Lennon Ashby have probably done the best job in terms of showing who Johnny Cage is as a person, not because that really only because they've had the most screen time, Chris Conrad and Chris Alexander didn't really get much of a chance. They were just kind of on screen and gone. They have the most Chris opportunity. Alexander? Chris Alexander was the one uh, that replaced Pacina and MK trilogy. So he has no speaking. Right. Okay. Sorry. He's just a, he, right, right, right. he's just a video capture guy, but Jay's right because Andrew Bowen and, Lynn and Ashby <laughs> um, oh. have, 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 have portrayed them the most speaking. Andrew Bowen, yeah. you know, the most now because, you know, because you got all the intro dialogues oh. and stuff like that. What about Joel McHale? He's been in like, what? Well, he's the next one, yeah, because he's in the oh, two cool. animated movies. So that yeah. brings me to two little tidbits I want to bring up. Uh, one okay. is that... Uh, One's a trivia and one's a bit of news. I don't know which I want to mention first. Okay. I'll mention the trivia first. So, um, who Jay mentioned, um, the guy that voices him in MK11, who, if I scroll down in my notes, is uh, Andrew Bowen. Andrew Bowen. Um, he's done a lot of voiceover work in a lot of video games, including the Final Fantasy series, which would be the, the 7 remake and uh, Lightning Returns, uh, credited only as mm-hmm. additional voices. Uh, guess what? He was in an episode of NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, and CSI New York. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody who's a fledgling actor, they fucking end up on one of these NCIS shows or Jag. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he and he was on Jag too. But um, <laughs> and he was in a bunch of uh, Mad TV in person, not as a voice actor. Okay. But the funny thing to mention about Andrew Bowen is because we all remember. Uh, the really funny joke he made in MKX with his dialogue interaction of Alien, where he says, Game over, man! You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny, because Andrew Bowen actually voiced Hudson, the character that line comes from, in Aliens Colonial Marines video game. That's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow. actually pretty great. So it's probably a, a reference. So Andrew Bowen is is doing is like is doing is doing the memory of Bill Paxton justice. R.I.P. By the way, yes, he is. R.I.P. Because <laughs> this guy, uh, yeah. So that's the thing, which I find hilarious. Uh, the other funny thing, yeah, yes. Uh, I was trying to search my brain. The other funny thing, which is, might be a little bit of news thing, uh, Joel McHale. Did any yes. of you guys? Realize that apparently there's another Mortal Kombat Legends movie already announced? No. So, it's appropriate that we're doing this episode because apparently, as of October 2022, I don't know if there's anything to negate this announcement, but Joe McHale, who voiced Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge, and Battle for the Realms, will be reprising the role of Johnny Cage in a Mortal Kombat Legends movie specifically focused on Johnny Cage. Oh, that! Oh, that's awesome. What? As we're recording this episode, it's called Mortal Kombat Legends Cage Match. <laughs> what? 
And it was announced oh, in October. Man. It was announced at uh, 2022 uh, New York Comic Con and was covered in an IGN article dated October 22. I don't know if there's any been uh, further news to negate that and say it's not going to happen or anything. If there hasn't, then that means our next Legends movie. I wouldn't necessarily want it to be our next Legends movie. We talked about how we were really liked Snowblind. But apparently the next Legends movie might be Johnny Cage-focused. Appropriate that we're doing this episode. And Josh, as you're saying this, I mean, I just did, I just basically did a quick Google search, and yeah, I see, I found the IGN article. So, yeah. This yeah. Is, this is apparently... This is a this is a thing, and honestly, um, yeah, more power to it. I mean, granted, the animated MK movies have been kind of fun, but but Snowblind was just straight up good. Like Snowblind the other was two, great. Yeah, the other two I could kind of take them or leave them, though they do have. But hey, and Battle for the Realms, that's a giant monster battle. I <clears throat> I'm gonna say yes. Like, never mind, yes, the movie like, sucks, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, never mind the movie sucks, but whatever, giant monster battle, I'm here for it. But Snowblind legit was good, in my opinion. So, hey, I mean, obviously, maybe they, maybe this movie will be good. If it's got a small cast of characters in it, uh, you know, besides Johnny Cage, I think it could be very, very good. So, yeah, I'm excited. Well, we were talking about in our, in our Snowblind episode about what character we want to see have a, a character-focused story on next. Johnny Cage... I think was the last thing on our minds. So I'm a little bit like mm, Johnny Cage episode, but this does bring up what's important about Johnny Cage's character. I think we probably should have mentioned this earlier, but you know what, what makes Johnny Cage, right? I think Lyndon Ashby yeah. did a lot to, to make him appealing, but you know, and, and, and that will bring us into like, what is Johnny Cage become now as far as X and uh, 11? You know. If I had to give like probably a very broad assessment of Johnny Cage for what he means to Mortal Kombat as a whole, at least to me, he brings um, he brings a bit of like camaraderie and fun to the franchise. Because when you think about Mortal Kombat, I mean, it's kind of like it really is kind of like it really is kind of like you know like depressing in a way you got these guys on a leaky boat trying to save the world usually they're all getting like killed because shao Kahn wants to invade the earth realm and take it all over then you got shinnok you've got evil gods running around and it, like in mortal Kombat, by the time we get to mortal Kombat 10 like revenants like a, a lot of characters have been turned into revenants at that point in time like we get basically zombie versions of the sort of stuff and yet throughout all this Johnny Cage still has an air of just positivity throughout it all. Like, he just doesn't take things, like, stupid serious and just kind of goes with the flow. Like, he's still, like, he's he's gotten more serious as he's aged as a character, of course. But, you know, he still has a little bit of that, like, fun, egotistical personality that, whether you like it or not, you kind of, like, you kind of dig him. Like, you just kind of do. I've always, I've always liked him for that reason because he just... He just kind of he kind of uses com like the whole idea about comic relief to his advantage and kind of helps with relatability throughout Mortal Kombat as a whole. You know, just for how ridiculous everything kind of is. And mm. honestly, I think it's great. I think that, so. I think in essence, Johnny Cage is part of the heart of Mortal Kombat in a way. Not the whole thing, mind you, but I think he's part of it. I would call him the heart of Mortal Kombat because he is the relatable character for a lot of people to latch on to because uh, he's not a mystical ninja or whatever. He's just a dude. As I've said, I gravitated toward, uh, I'll admit it. 
He was the first character I gravitated towards him when I looked over the shoulder of my classmates playing the Game Gear version of Mortal Kombat in the third grade. Only because he looked cool. He was wearing shorts, which I interpreted... I didn't interpret it as what it really was, which was uh, a mocking of the Jean-Claude Van Damme getup from Bloodsport. I just saw it as, oh, he's a cool dude. He's wearing shorts because he's cool. He's shirtless because he's street fighting. And uh, he, he wears sunglasses, so he's just a cool dude. And that that's why I gravitated towards him a little bit. Well, Josh, I mean, I like how you say that Johnny Cage is um, – is a regular dude because, you know, for being a regular human being, he does possess superhuman powers. Huh, yeah, which, well, you know, as the character evolves. Yeah, as the character evolves. Well, I mean, he always had, like, a fireball and a shadow kick, which, of course, everybody well, in martial does. arts can obviously do. Obviously. Sonya can throw rings. Um, the fuck's that about? Yeah, Sonya can know? throw rings, you know, you know, all that fun stuff. But one thing I did, of course, want to mention as a fun evolution of Johnny Cage's character. We all have seen that Johnny Cage has had like a shadow kick, a shadow uppercut, the nut punch, etc. But, you know, in a move that I actually think is rather silly, but it does actually evolve the character. Um, in MK9, it's hinted at, because uh, Raiden is the mouthpiece for this, that Johnny is descended from a Mediterranean cult <laughs> that bred warriors for the gods. Warriors with special abilities. And one of these abilities is to propel him or herself forward and increase the strength of his blows, which is, that's Raiden basically saying, this is why Johnny can do things like a shadow kick and a fireball. Forward, and a forward, forward. Forward, forward A is a god-tier move that only the most ruthless of wars could ever hope to learn. And you have to be descended from a, from a Mediterranean cult to do it, Josh, apparently. Apparently. Forward, forward A. <laughs> but, you know, this is meant to, which I think is, again, silly. Like, it's meant to explain, like, Johnny having, like, this green shadow afterimage, which, of course, is his shadow kick. Um, but apparently they also recon it to such a way with nine that the reason why it turns red, AKA his red shadow kick or his red shadow uppercut is that Johnny Cage sort of taps into this and he's able to augment that power for himself to increase the attacks, which is why they turn like a red color. Oh, and, I like that. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah. And it, yeah. And then of course he has the abilities to like blast energy, which is where you get the force ball they he did he did as far as like its moveset he always had like an arc to his like where he would throw like a lower one that kind of arced and then an upper one that arced in the air as an anti-air but originally his force ball was just a straight fireball like mm -hmm. Luke Kang's was like like Sonya's rings was and anything but in later games to evolve him and that we're kind of getting into a little bit about like how the characters are set up to where they have different fighting styles that you can pick from in the menu they've kind of like Rick uh, done that to where Johnny Cage has all these abilities, but he uses specific variations of them in later games, specifically tar uh, starting with Mortal Kombat 10. But, of course, in the story of Mortal Kombat 10, they push this Mediterranean cult of warrior god people thing or whatever to its full ability because out of nowhere, you know, Johnny Cage is just able to deflect Shinnok. Like, Shinnok, elder god, evil elder god, like, wants to take over the world, sure. blah, blah, blah. And Johnny Cage you, is able to encase himself in green energy and then just completely deflect Shinnok because he is a descendant from a Mediterranean cult 
that were bred to basically fight God. So Shinnok can do all this stuff, but he just can't beat Johnny Cage. And in Mortal Kombat 10, this leads to Johnny Cage beating Shinnok and kind of becoming the main character for a while, which at first I was like, cool, but it's just weird because like the comic relief has officially outshined the main character you know how, like we talked about earlier, how if Jean-Claude Van Damme played Johnny Cage in 95 movie, that he would, just by being Van Damme, would kind of out like outshine Robin Show when he wasn't the main character and how that would be awkward. Like, that's kind of how I felt a little bit when I played Mortal Kombat 10. I didn't uh-huh. dislike his, like his character arc or his storyline, but in my brain, I'm like, this, this should be Liu Kang doing this. Not like, like, not Johnny Cage, but it is development. It is development for the character. Like he becomes a bit more humbled. He uh, like he, he tries to, of course, be more of a loving companion to Sonya. He's less jokey. He's less egotistical. And of course, that's that's reflected in his outfits because he's not no longer wearing like the the pants and the slashes. He's actually more of like a of like more really more of like a military commander. Yeah, he's a military uniform. Less of yeah yeah military uniform and less of like an actor because he's left all of it behind. So, but it has led him to, you know, become sort of like, I guess you could say like the family man, (laughs) per se. Like Mortal Kombat's never really had much of like a family man identity to any of the characters until Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 10. Hmm. Not Jax. Jax is a little bit of family man. That happened really in... That was hinted at, but they never really show any sort of like you. Ne- we never meet Jax's wife, no. and if he has a kid, he's mentioned it, but it's never really. It's well, never we, been we a see him on, in X. We see Sonya visiting him on the farm, and then eleven, we see him staying at the same farm, yeah, drinking, being all yeah, sad sack. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think like the I think these a lot of the original characters are getting family storylines, but Johnny Cage was the first um, in that regard. Yeah, yeah. So, that. so that so that's like I think it's a cool way for that character to evolve, but it's always like that one sort of like you know trump card, that one plot MacGuffin now, where like hey, when the, when worst comes to worst, and Sonya or Cassie's about to die, Johnny Cage can just do a Hail Mary jump to block the energy blast and his God powers will just activate. And then all of a sudden, like, he becomes OP. He can just beat gods now. <laughs> Which I was like, okay. And I like how Rain just casually throws this out there. Like, yeah, you're descended from a Mediterranean cult that was bred to fight gods or be warriors for gods. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> well, that's the power of uh, Lazy Wright. Um <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Like, Josh, you hit the nail on the head. It's the power of plot devices and lazy writing just to propel a character forward when it was never really intended to be that way. I hesitate to say lazy writing because I don't know the people John Bogle may have been involved in writing this. Uh, you know, maybe it's just I do like the idea of maybe like, oh, let's let's give Johnny Cage a swing at main character status. Because Luke Kang was off yeah. doing his revenant bullshit. You know, why not? Um, yeah. Optics, though, maybe it's bad white guy taking the... the Spotlight away from a potential Asian lead, which, you know, that's rectified in 11 anyway. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Cage had a fun spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did He did have a fun spotlight. And I, for the most part, I did enjoy it because it's kind of cool just to see, like, Johnny Cage sort of dealing with the idea that he's a, you know, that he's a father now. He's got to be more responsible, more humbled. And right. it's interesting I love that about his character. And the, 
And it's interesting because in their relationship, Sonia, like usually in that dynamic, it's usually the mom who stays home with the kid while the dad goes away and is and is at work all the time. But they reversed it for Johnny's storyline in ten. Johnny act after they had after they had Cassie, their daughter. Johnny actually stayed home and raised Cassie while Sonia actually went to work, you know, and did a whole bunch of important miss- missions for special forces, and that strained their marriage, which led to their divorce. Yeah, and. You see that play out in the storyline of ten and a little bit in eleven too, but mostly in ten. I know because Son- Sonia has a real job. She's special forces. Yeah. Johnny Cage, not to knock anybody, he's an actor, but he's just an actor. <laughs> yeah, but he becomes one of the most respected special force members. He yeah. trains Cassie and Jackie Briggs to like yeah. to a degree. Having and- defended the Earth realm three times, he he you know is more than just an actor. Oh yeah, yeah. imagine so if just- like. Uh, Tom Cruise or something like that uh, joined the military to fight aliens or something on Independence Day or, or a situation like that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be pretty <coughs> badass. But I think I'm definitely, though, I don't really have any desire to see Johnny Cage do some Hail Mary, God-level power OP stuff and save the day again. Because in, at the end of 10, basically Cassie does it too. Because, of course, Cassie inherited his power. Mm-hmm. Um so there's that. But I do like the idea that Johnny Cage is more of like a mentor now to the younger fighters. And he's sort of like a rock to like an emotional rock for a lot of people, too. I think that's I think that's kind of cool. It shows growth and age, but it definitely shows that Johnny Cage at this point as a character has aged into mature adulthood and is more of a father figure slash mentor than a than like a comic relief, you know, goofy guy that's better than the sum of his parts. You know, I do I do like that jump. Much like game. Daniel Pacino was a mentor character in a way to the actors in the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Just by the fact that he was, you know, five to ten years older than most of the actors there. Yeah. Boy, is that a core thing of Johnny Cage being a mentor, whether he likes it or not? I mean, that's always a fun character dynamic. A guy who you don't see as being like a leader or a mentor because he's too cocky and reckless ends up becoming just that, and he he or she is surprisingly very good at it. Wow, at the end of the day here, Johnny Cage, who we like to just make fun of, sounds like one of his core character traits is being a leader. Yeah, and then also... <laughs> and Yasin will die on that hill and go to the grave screaming bloody murder <laughs> about it. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's 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 something behind that. There's a, there's a twist. <laughs> yeah. <in> twelve. <laughs> well, we might see in a yeah. uh, twelve, or if he's in twelve, or the uh, Mortal Kombat twenty twenty one sequel where we got teased he's going to be in it. What type of character mm-hmm. is he going to be in that too? You know? I wonder who's gonna play who's gonna play Johnny Cage. I'm Boy, really curious about that's that. something I didn't jot down in our notes. Like, we haven't even talked about Casper uh, Van De- Van. What the fuck's his name? Van, Van Dean. Van is probably the most. I do want to mention Matt Mullins a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like I think we do need to dial back and, and touch upon a couple of the other actors. But I think Casper Van Dean is probably the most prolific actor who's portrayed Johnny Cage. But that does make me think, like. Boy, who the fuck would they cast in the 2021 sequel? And I'm just going to go out and say they probably cast a an unknown, right? They're not going to fucking cast... Either an unknown or a wrestler. Or a wrestler, yeah. John Cena or something. 
No, not John Cena. I, he's too old. Yeah, I couldn't see John Cena. I think, well, it depends uh, on what stage Johnny Cage. Because Casper Van Dien, just dial into him. Perfect Johnny Cage, at least for the unmade MKX TV show that they made. Because he's playing the MKX yeah. era Johnny Cage. And he looks just like what I would imagine a seasoned Johnny Cage, an older Johnny Cage to be like, you know? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, John Cena, no. Do you think? Do you think Scott Eastwood is uh, is too old at this point? No, he could do it. Not that he's Cage. too old. I just feel like they need they need to get. I don't think he has a charisma. Order. No offense to him. Yeah, I, th- I think they just need they need they need a fight. Uh, someone who's actually like a martial artist. Yeah, like a fighter. Yeah, yeah I agree. So probably yeah. so probably an unknown because I can't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that's like young that kind of looks like Johnny Cage that's known as like a martial arts fighter because he's been in stuff. I, I not off the top of my head. Anymore. I will say there's oddly enough I've gotten back into wrestling so there's a few people that I can <laughs> see because they because they're basically stunt guys. Yeah, like they may not they know every martial art, but they're like. They know how to make shit look good, and they are actors. I like see. being a wrestler is being an actor because yeah, you I have could. to so make a show. Yeah. But, so there's a dude named The Miz who I think he's in his mid to late thirties. I think I can't remember, and he's basically Johnny Cage in the show in in wrestling. He's like nice. such a cocky dude. His character, I think he'd probably be a good fit if they wanted someone younger. There's another guy came, named uh, Austin Theory, who's actually he's from Georgia. He's from McDonough, Georgia. Oh. Uh, but he's also he's playing like a really cocky, arrogant uh, young champion in, in 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 WWE. I could see him actually probably being like a good Johnny Cage because he'd be well. He's good at making people hate him. I don't know if you want to make. People hate Johnny It depends. Cage. Johnny P. Cage could be played uh, on two different extremes, which I find it funny that our, our, our best so far portrayal of him is, is Lyndon Ashby, who has no fighting experience. That's true. But he does have... So maybe you don't need it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think nowadays it's definitely a plus. You want to have an actor that can also I think for, be good at fighting. At, yeah, I think for what the new movies are trying to go for, it seems like they want martial artist yeah but as far as his characterizations like i think johnny cage has kind of he's matured and x and all that but they have definitely doubled down on lol i'm an annoying asshole character trait so you could go either way whether you Mm. want him to be likable or so hateable that you like him that's true yeah Mm. that that's the trick of johnny cage he could be either or yeah I think I think ultimately I he has to have a little bit of likability because I'm thinking Joe McHale, yeah, the Legend movies. He definitely plays up the snarky, ignorant Johnny Cage, but he's still a hero at the mm. end of the day. We have that wonderful moment at the beginning of uh, Battle for the Realms where he's sitting in the tree, you know, introducing himself yeah. to the outworld generals, being like, "Hey!" And he even has this cool teen heartthrob music that plays up there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Which I think this is actually kind of good because, like, at least for future animated media, Joe McHale is probably always going to be around to play 
Johnny Cage, if he, I guess if he's contracted yeah. to, like he's he's just a go-to guy. And Andrew and Andrew Bowen, if Johnny Cage happens to be in Mortal Kombat 12, the game, I have my doubts on that. But if he is, then Andrew Bowen will probably come back and voice him there. Um, and yeah, whoever they get to play, like like you've seen, I don't Ooh. know, I don't know any of the people that you mentioned that could play him in Mortal Kombat 2021, but I trust your judgment. So I think like either one of those that either one of those sound fine. Like I, I'm Ooh. willing to, I'm willing to give someone a chance if they're an unknown, of course. So Jay, uh, think about this real quick. What if they like changed the race of Johnny Cage and they made it Andrew Koji? You know what? I'd be okay. I'd actually be okay with that. <laughs> Who's Andrew Koji? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was he's the main actor in uh, the show Warrior that me and Jay watch is he yeah, Asian he's, he's got a lot of charisma he's got he's got he's huh what, what's his Asian? is he Asian or what's yeah, yeah. he's Asian he's okay. a, like he's I think he's mixed I don't think he's I think he's like half yeah, American I think he's half American half, half, no half British no, half, British, half British American's not a race half but. Japanese I think yeah he's like half British half Japanese I think okay yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of uh, charisma. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I don't know how goofy he could be, though. Yeah. Mm, that's fine. That's the thing. Yeah, like, like, I, like he could, but admittedly, considering considering that uh, considering that Johnny Cage is based off of Jean-Claude Van Damme, I mean, we'd see. Um, but I would have to, I'll put it this way. I'm not, like, I'm not saying no, but yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned his acting chops about being like, you know, comic relief and goofy. And in the warrior, he is absolutely not that like he can, and and in bullet train, he's not that. And from the clips I saw of him, of the snake eyes movie, he's not that either. Like he's just, I still need to see bullet train. What about that other guy in bullet train? Um, uh, the guy from Godzilla 2014. What's his name? Uh, oh, oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he was in Bullet Train. Yeah, and now I like Aaron Taylor Johnson, but maybe fuck, I don't know. I mean, again, yeah, I don't know if he has any martial arts experience. Well, like I said, it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, Lyndon Ashby is everyone's favorite Johnny Cage, and he didn't have any martial arts. That's experience. true. You could train somebody. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, with this, nowadays, you might want to hire somebody that actually has experience. He certainly well, has action this, experience, to... even in the Marvel movies. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can. Well, I can tell you this: whoever they get to play Johnny Cage, like you know, he, he, he here's your here's your only bar. Just be better than Cole Young, and if you can do that, <laughs> I think you'll be okay. Well, like I said, no one likes Cole him. Young. I I had joked. I'm not making promises, listeners, but I joked that what if we do a character spotlight episode <laughs> on Cole Young? On Cole Young. On Cole Young. Um, and Cole Young's faults have nothing to do with the actor who i actually quite like uh so i think he's a pretty good actor. yeah so you just didn't get a good role. it was the writing was shitty because remember he's no stranger to mortal Kombat. he played fucking uh who's kung lao's uh cousin kung jin help me here uh yeah yeah he played kung jin and the uh Fuck. Yeah, in the Mortal Kombat X unfilmed thing. Oh, right. And I, I just think, God, what the fuck is the actor's name? Because I feel bad saying that guy. Um, it's been a minute. Let me. Oh, uh, Louis. Louis Tan. I think he's charismatic. He just, you know, didn't have good writing on his side for MK twenty twenty one. Why am I bringing him up again? Oh, uh, actor Johnny Cage would have to outperform him. Like I said, Louis Tan. 
fine job acting. I think they just have neat good writing. And I think they'll probably write Johnny Cage a good story for the sequel. I don't know. As far as who could play him. Fuck, hire Casper Van Dien to play him again. Because I think he's a he's a reasonable Johnny Cage. That'd be cool. That'd be cool if they did do something like that, though. Um, just, like, basically just to give him that sort of, uh, I guess you could say, like, that legacy torch pass. Like, hey, you played Johnny Cage in this before, so we're just yeah. going to use you for this now. Like, that. Like that. Like that's kind of cool when it happens. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but then at the same point, yeah. they probably want to get somebody completely fresh. But I guess, I guess that just comes comes down to, to 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 show like what is the core requirements for a Johnny Cage? What is his core mm-hmm. like what do you need for a Johnny Cage? What is a Johnny Cage? Right. A Johnny Cage <laughs> isn't uh, like isn't is basically he's egotistical, doesn't take anything, uh, doesn't take anything too seriously. Heart is in the right place though. Generally basically generally a good person. And usually is the character who is like a fish out of water in over his head, but just kind of rolls with it with as much charisma as he can possibly basically get away with, even if it's not impressing anybody. Mm. Basically a fairly standard comic relief character. I think like if you had to sum it up in one word, Johnny Cage and what is a Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage in a fighting game sense is a comic relief character. Yeah. So I think, like obviously, there's more to him than that, but if I had to put one title to it, I think it would be that. Because you know what I do like about Lennon Ashby's portrayal of him is that he was that, but he also did mature within the plot of the movie and become a serious character. He when it, when he, yeah, he when he pledges to fight Goro, this is our tournament. This is Mortal Kombat. We fight it. Like he's not just a fucking funny man. He's taking it seriously, and I think. That's credit to Lyndon Nashby's portrayal of it. Like he was just perfect enough to be the cocky son of a bitch. Like, yeah, you forgot good looking. He's a five hundred dollars sunglasses asshole, but he also was. He did have enough empathy in his portrayal to be a believable character that you put your trust behind. Yep. Nice trust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he had. He had a lot of those. Fun moments, and I definitely feel that that that's kind of what I'm not expecting it from the Mortal Kombat 2021 sequel because I just don't think that they want to write dialogue like that. I just don't get that vibe from hmm. the writers on that movie. Remember the, it, the writer, the writer in this movie isn't the same writer. It's the guy that wrote Moon Knight, which you've seen. You probably watched Moon Knight. I don't know. Is a, is a sorry, say it again. Moon Knight, the guy, the guy that is writing the Mortal Kombat 2021 sequel isn't the guy that wrote the first one. It's the guy that wrote Moon Knight. I, had, I, had, I think that had a pretty good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dialogue too. That I, that would be an improvement. I think it'd be an improvement. Yeah. I feel like it. Mortal Kombat is best when it, like as a whole, when you're balancing the idea that hey, the world is getting invaded by another realm of monsters and creatures, we have to stop them. But you also have some fun with that premise and not take it like too seriously, but you don't want it to turn into a Looney Tune fest either. Like you have to kind of like find that sort of action movie balance that a lot of action movies tend to find because all this crazy stuff is happening. They got like the characters got motivations. They got a plot, they got a goal, they got a mission, but they tend to, you know, have their one-liners, their quirky dialogue and their fun times just kind of getting basically just kind of getting through it. I feel like that that balance has to be, 
hit in order to make that work. And Mortal Kombat 2021, I kind of feel like with the premise that it has took itself just a bit too seriously, uh, among other criticisms for that movie that I have. But I think that's one of them. And I feel like if they do a sequel, if you're going to throw in Johnny Cage as sort of like your big draw, because that's what the end of the movie did, it just got this, you got this in credit sequence with, oh, 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 shit, Johnny Cage is coming into the movie franchise now. If, if you're going to go that route and you know what Johnny Cage as a character is, you kind of have to have the movie somewhat match a character like him being in it. <laughs> so you have to kind of not take it as seriously as the first one took itself. Hmm. Well, that's all depending on how they portray Johnny Cage. Maybe they'll switch yeah, it up. That's true. Make him more serious. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, it's Mortal Kombat. You have to have your gore. You have to have, like, people withering in pain from your gore. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, if it's rated R, then people are going to be all over it. But rated R does not mean successful movie. We've, like, we've seen what, you know, that that doesn't really mean much these days. If something is, no. like, <laughs> has to be rated R, well, unless it's Deadpool. I think Deadpool has to I be mean, rated R. I mean, it's going to be rated R. We already know that. It's going to be rated R. Yeah. And rated R used yeah. to be a bad, you know, not a sign for successful because, you know, you can't get as many people in there. You can't get kids coming in there. But, you know, 2000s has done away with that. The Matrix at 99 was one of the highest grossing R-rated movies ever. And it was a very soft R movie, too. And, yeah, Deadpool. And, you know, I don't think that's an issue now. This is going to be gore. Uh, this is going to be gore. There'll be more gore. I did want to ask Josh not to change subjects too much, but one, no. thing we, like, one thing we didn't mention, but I guess it's worth a shout-out. Wh- what voice actor played Johnny Cage in The Journey Begins? Oh, I'm no. glad you mentioned that, Jay, because I was going to – because we're kind of bouncing back and forth like pinballs, I was going to, before we, like, bowed out, catch up i'm like oh i didn't mention this and this and this so yeah the guy that uh voiced johnny cage in the journey begins which is the best uh mortal Kombat adaptation ever right we can all agree right yeah sure his name is uh so the guy that uh voiced johnny cage and the journey begins was uh jeff bennett who i can't actually remember much what his portrayal was like in Journey Begins, except we all fucking hated Journey Begins, but he actually is no stranger to voice acting. He's got actually a very uh, formidable uh, resume of voice acting, which includes uh, voice acting Johnny Bravo, uh, Petrie, the Pteranodon from Land Before Time. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he actually was... uh, has some English voice parts in the English dubs of Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, Jay, and Porcarosa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he's got some, he's got some Ghibli cred. Mm -hmm. He's got some Ghibli cred. And actually, as far as like non-voice acting, he was, I'm assuming probably one of the camp counselor little kids in uh, Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. Wait, 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 Josh. The guy's name is, wait, Jeff Bennett? Jeff Bennett. Oh my god! I, you know what? I like. I just like. I just had a brain flash, not a brain fart, but a brain f- f- flash, flash on this guy. So, yeah, fr- yep, that's who I thought. Yep, that's who I thought it was. Okay, so I admit I don't know too much about the voice work of Joe McHale, but Jeff Bennett, I abs- Jeff Bennett is close to legend status, voice actor wise. Yeah, he's I mean, actually got thinking- hundreds, hundreds of yes. credits. I didn't even yeah. like get, he- to get to. 
Probably like my favorite role that he's in. You've seen, you'll know this too. He's Brooklyn in Gargoyles. Oh shit! Like, I didn't even oh, come across that. Wow. Yeah, I like when you said his name. I, I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. I like d- like that name, and then all of a sudden, just like, oh, that Jeff Bennett. Like, oh shit. Um, yeah, he's been like that's just like one role out of hundreds. He's not like Frank Welker levels of legendary, but he he's up there. Like he's up there with Stephen Bloom. So basically, I got to go back and rewatch Journey Begins and see if, you know, we hate that movie, but was Johnny Cage's voice portrayal one of the bad things about it or not? But, you know, I think it was, it's his job. Yeah. Yeah. But now Jeff, now Jeff Bennett, Jeff Bennett is a pretty awesome voice actor. Like, no question about it. And considering when Journey Begins came out, makes, makes perfect sense. He was doing a lot of like his big voice work, like in the, uh, in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands. Like he was doing mm. a lot of his big time verse work during that time. He still does it too. I'm sure he's spending God knows how much stuff. So, yeah. And uh, boy, there, there, there's several actors I probably didn't get to mention, but I think we are probably uh, running on some hard outs for some of us, and probably will dip out here in a second. Uh, is there anyone else I wanted to mention? Uh, of course, we didn't talk much about Casper Van Dien, who I did want to mention. Since he was in Beverly Hills 90210 uh, with Luke Perry, who voiced Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, which you're currently watching right now. Fun little nine degrees of separation of Mortal Kombat right there. Uh, Mm -hmm. To mention some other actors that have portrayed Johnny Cage besides Daniel Messina and Lennon Nashby and Chris Alexander uh, and Chris Conrad in the second movie. Uh, I have Matt Mullins, who portrayed him. We didn't talk about him all too much. Yeah, he was in season one of uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat Legacy. Boy, we're running out of time. We didn't talk jack shit about him, and I actually like how he was portrayed in season one, where he was a washed-out actor. He's also in Rebirth. Yeah, Rebirth, which could kind of count, because that was the concept of that. Yeah. I didn't look much up on him, right. though. I didn't get time to look much up on him. So, I know a bit about him. Uh, he... He's a martial artist, and like he was one of the people who kind of uh, made extreme martial arts popular. Uh, and he was in *Common uh, Rider Dragon Knight*, which is an American adaptation of the Japanese show *Common Rider Ryuki*. Uh, he plays a secondary rider, *Common uh, Rider Dragon*. No, *Common Rider Wing Knight*. Uh, but he's also done a bunch of like stunt work. He's uh, done. Fight choreography for shows like Age of Shield, Luke Cage, Defenders. Um, he's uh, Resident Evil Vengeance. Is that a three D movie? Vengeance. Not yeah, Vendetta. No Vengeance. I don't fucking know what that one is. Is it a short? Must be. Well, he play apparently he plays Chris Redfield in that. What? I'll have to look that up. Uh, but he also is the face model for Chris Redfield in Resident Evil Five and Six. No shit. Oh no! Shit! Wait, yeah. what? I'm sorry That's to get I'm so excited about that. Says he's the face model because I know, like, yeah, he's the face model. The, the, it must be RE remake too, because I remember five was specifically modeled after the RE remake, Chris, and into six. That's him. Fuck. Okay, that's cool. I man. actually, I actually think, I actually think that look of Chris is probably the best looking Chris. I mean, that is man. Chris. Uh, as far yeah, as that everyone's is concerned, Chris, I agree. that between that and Julia Voth as uh, Jill, those are that's Chris and Jill. Um, neat. Yeah. I need to look that up further. Cool. Um, 
so yeah, he's 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 done a lot of stuff in stunts and stunt choreography and uh, acting as well. Uh, he was in a movie called Blood and Bone with Michael J. White, White and they have a pretty dope nice. fight scene in that. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it about uh, Matt Mullins. Well, Which shit. basically you've seen just just from that right there, I think you've I think you've given me a number one contender to play Johnny Cage in Mortal, the next Mortal Kombat movie. I really do. He's actually, I mean, he's how old is he? Uh, doesn't say, but I think he still could play Johnny Cage. Yeah, because he seemed fairly young in a legacy. Um, I'll confess, yeah, I, I like I, his... I like Casper Van Dien a little bit more in the role, but maybe only because he looks suited to the johnny cage yeah 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 uh the only p- right. other people we left out uh there are some people that played him in the live tour uh which uh, they did several live tours and that include jeff durbin they did, yeah. brad haldstead ted uh nordblum i did not look up anything of those for lack of time but they were only in the live presentations and then the only other one i want to mention besides andrew andrew bowen who played who voiced him in X and 11 is Jeff Pilson, who voiced him in MK9. And he's notable because he's actually a musician. He was in Dokken and Dio for a time. Uh, and he's bassist for Foreigner as of 2008. And he actually has his own heavy metal band called War and Peace. And I guess he was just friends with somebody. And he did the uh, rudimentary Johnny Cage voiceovers like, oh, yeah, in uh, MK9, which I find kind of cool and then the model for uh johnny cage okay. in 20 and mk11 was a guy named colin ryan who i didn't look up but you know like you do now with the face scan things they pick an instagram model to who's handsome or pretty be the face and then they get someone else to do the voice but he was the face model mm. for johnny cage okay and then joe McHale, which we talked about uh yeah i know we are probably going to have a heart out here, but there's one other funny thing I want to mention real quick. Uh, yeah. On our list of Johnny Cage movies, uh, which, you know, this is long. There's actually a good 20 Johnny Cage movies that he's done in his fictional <laughs> career. But his most famous is, of course, Ninja Mime, uh, which is referenced yeah. a little bit in some of the games and posters. But it's funny because that might be a uh, reference to a uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie uh, called The Quest, in where Jean-Claude Van Damme does pose as a mime. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I remember reading about that too, Josh. I think think that's that's a good call out, because I had forgotten to mention that too. uh, What's even funnier is that, uh, yes, that's another tie-in to Jean-Claude Van Damme connection, Johnny Cage, but also uh, that movie also stars Roger Moore, uh, A.K.A. James Bond, who in wow. uh, Octopussy wow. uh, dressed up as a clown for a scene. James Bond dressed up as a clown in Octopussy. That's got to be a coincidence. I that's so weird, isn't it? It's like sometimes the universe is, lines yeah. up. So you know, maybe mm. Johnny Cage next James <laughs> Bond. That should be his next role. He should put that in his resume. 
all these connections through the actors and inspirations and the concepts that make up Johnny Cage, I can't help but thinking of um, um, of the meme with Charlie Day going crazy and all the stuff <laughs> on the board with all the lines going yep. everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't help thinking about that because, like, with, like with what we've talked about, this character not only is, of course, you know, one of the main staple OG characters in Mortal Kombat, but apparently he has a lot of a. Uh, a lot of history, both in concept and portrayals, that can go in a plethora of directions everywhere. So I feel like that. I feel like that's cool. I th- that's cool for a character to be able to do that, in my opinion. And I think the real answer at the end of the day is it's a small world and everything's connected. And you know, a lot of what we grew up with when we grew up, we realized like, oh, there's a lot of cross pollination between actors and stuff like that. And here's the case: Mortal Kombat connected to everything, connected to Raven, apparently. It's connected to James Bond. It's connected to uh, whatever the fuck else. Everything. John Cl- uh, you Power, know, Rangers, Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah Power Rangers. One, yeah. Of, one of Johnny Cage's story beats and legacy is he was in Power Rangers before it uh, went off the air. So, you know. Wait, was that right? That, yeah, that was the thing mentioned, that he was a Power Ranger. Because the storyline of legacy I is forgot he's about a failed that. actor. He's trying to get his career back on thing, which is why he has his reality show where he catches uh, yeah. scammers and he says, you got caged. And he keeps bringing up that he was a power ranger. Yeah. Reminds me of a mad T or not mad TV, a weird science uh, episode. They made a USA network show, weird science. And there, were, I think there was one thing where one of the characters kept lying on dating profiles that he was a yellow power ranger, which would cause the uh, girl <laughs> to say, wasn't a yellow power ranger a girl? Yeah. However, in Sentai, the yellow <laughs> that, power that, that may, Yeah, that may be a reference. Well, him saying that in Legacy. Not only is it a reference probably because of Dragonite, Dragonite. but also because uh, one of the people that he worked closely with was uh, Mike Chat, who was a Power Ranger ah. in a later season. I guarantee you that probably so, was like a little uh, closed, in, closed in reference. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Which one one thing, Josh? I did want to mention just because this might be something that at some point down the line we may have to, we like we might have to review this. But this this is crazy. Uh, in my research, I did find this out under Johnny Cage's trivia. But mm-hmm. you know, at least according to some information about Johnny Cage, it actually mentions his fa- like a bit of his family tree. At least at least oh, the yes. basic stuff. Oh yes, I did yeah, have Johnny some Cage in this too. Yeah, Johnny Cage's father is known as Robert Carlton because, you know, Johnny Cage is a stage name. His real name is Jonathan Carlton. And his mother, his name is Rose Carlton. And apparently Johnny Cage does have a sister named Rebecca Carlton. Yes, he does. Because because we have Robert, we we have Rose, and we have Rebecca. But Johnny Cage did not get the name of Richard. Which would have been funny if he did. He would have been Dick Cage. That's just funny. Dick Cage. Um, I love it. Yeah, 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 Dick Cage. But anyway, but apparently uh, uh, Robert Carlton had an ex-wife named Cindy Ford. They had a child. And it, and additionally, because of that, that child was named Jimmy. So mm-hmm, using mm-hmm. the stage name, his name would be Jimmy Cage. And he is a character from something called Mortal Kombat Federation of Martial yes. Arts. And it's Johnny Cage. And it's Johnny Cage is it. alleged alleged brother. It's alleged like, brother. Yes. Yeah, his alleged brother. And, and Mortal Kombat's Federation of Martial Arts is something that Neil and Corey on uh over at uh Washed, yeah. Mortal Podquest have covered. Uh MK Podquest. MK Podquest. Uh 
I have not yet watched, but yes, Jimmy, the supposed brother of Johnny Cage. Don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Much like how Scorpion, you propose, Jay, is also a long-lost brother of Johnny Cage. Yes. <clears throat> Which yes, might be true and... since they're both played by Daniel Pacino. Yes. Yeah. Like I like I will um I will I will Charlie Day and connect the dots on that theory, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, dude, looking at like shot like I'm I'm only looking at like just thumbnails of this thing. Uh Federation of Martial Arts. It looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't I, know if we'll cover it, but I definitely want to watch it. That's like one of the long lost things I haven't seen. Yeah, I do want to watch it because that definitely looks like something that I feel like we should all watch in you seen that may be a thing just for us. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. One's, no one's going to watch that with us. Except I mean, I listened to Neil's Neil and Corey's coverage of it. I still don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. All right, should, anything else? Or? No, at least, at least, at least, at least, nothing from me. But I definitely, I definitely wanted to mention that Johnny Cage's family tree because no one really thinks about like Liu Kang's parents or if he has siblings. Um, or like Sonya's parents, or if she has siblings, like no one really talks about that for any Mortal Kombat character, unless it's specifically tied to their story of like existing in some. But type we know of Johnny Cage's. Yeah, but we know Johnny Cage apparently has like a supposed sister and an alleged brother. So four brothers apparently, uh, or I might be cross pollinating that with one of the actual actors who played him. Uh, boy, there's probably a lot that, but you know, as always, there's probably a lot that I didn't get to. Uh, mm. but in about, but we're getting on our two hours and, uh, we actually, a couple of us do have a hard out. So, I mean, Jay, I'll, I'll relegate it to you. You post it because you're the Johnny Cage fan. Uh, is there anything else we want to say and, uh, or that we forgot to say and do we want to get the hell out of here? Um, yeah, I'd say we do. Do I have the, um, do I have the check notes of Josh, you and Yassine that we're done and we're good? Yeah, I think right. so. Well, well, um, unlike Josh, at least for the Astros here, I don't have anything funny or quirky to really say just because I just don't have Josh's innate talent to do this sort of thing. Oh, thank <laughs> but you. I will say that... Um, well, well, I think it should be said, it's like you would normally defer to me, but uh, I, I, I outside, the, outside this podcast, I said maybe you should do this one because you're a Johnny Cage fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because this would be I, unusual I, for you to just take the reins. I've always done. I've always done the outro, apparently, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But not today. Yeah, but not today. Yeah, but I de- Yeah, but I definitely <laughs> don't have like a like a panic work or a fun story to tell. The only thing I really have is that, like, at least for me, because both Josh and Yassine, you know, I'm a big fighting game guy, and Johnny Cage was never, you know, the first character in Mortal Kombat that I played, but he has always been one of my mains ever since I picked him up, and will always be that and it's and it's because of him that you know that i sort of developed a um just an affinity i guess you could say for playing the characters that no one else really played all that much or that seemed too hard to play johnny cage i trace back to the origin of that mentality this is why like in mortal kombat i don't play characters with teleports normally or at least i don't main them that's just a personal for myself 
And it's because Johnny Cage sort of represents like, you know, hey, I've got a basic kit of stuff, and but I can do it. I like I can overcome this. He feels like an underdog to me. And his character often feels like an underdog, too, in retrospect, because no one ever thinks that they'll be beaten by this guy and then he surprises them. He's always kind of been inspiring for me in that regard. And it is for that reason that he is one of my all-time favorite fighting game characters who I love to death and will always and will always love to pick up and play um, anytime, anywhere. And much like that, you know, it's all from the page of Cage. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!